Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. This is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the Football League covered. Hello and welcome to We Are Going Up. It is mini episode time. Uh, I'm Mark Crossley in sunny Salford and... Uh, direct from uh, Waterloo, should be. David Cameron Walker. Hello. Hello, mate. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. It's so, been a little while again, hasn't it? It has been a little while again. Um, I believe you um, did a... Do you remember, actually, we should start with this. Hmm. Uh, last summer, we did a, a big pub crawl during the World Cup. Yeah. Where we did a venue for every different nation in the tournament in London. Yeah. Uh, we went right around from... Uh, Kind of West London started out in, started we in start? Ealing. We started in Ealing. We went up to um, to, to Acton, Croatian restaurant in Acton. Yeah. We went all the way out to the other side of where was Deptford? The, Deptford, that was it in Essex. Cameroonian bar. In yeah, Deptford, we did, yeah. and we finished it in. A, not in Essex. It's in it's South East London. I thought it was in Essex. No. Okay, what do I know? There's a reason <laughs> I've moved. And then um, on the uh, and then we ended up in a Brazilian place. Yeah. Uh, the host nation. At the end of the night. Now I believe you did something similar at the weekend. Kind of. Not really as... I mean, there was no reason for what I did at the weekend other than just I was a bit bored. Um, (laughs) It was the circle. I'm bored, so I just drank. It was all the 27 stops on the original circular bits of the circle line. Wow. And did you complete said challenge? I did. Kids, don't try this at home. It was difficult. Sunday wasn't very much fun, (laughs) I can tell you that. That was the day that I spoke to you. Um, So, uh, it's just a short show tonight. Uh, You've got in your broom cupboard, I believe. I am, yeah. But has there been issues with the broom cupboard? Um, not so much. Not not in the way that we're used to. Okay, not not, not heating. The issues. heating is absolutely fine. Oh, a lovely, fixed it. calming, nice room temperature. Okay. Um, however, access to said broom cupboard right. has become significantly more difficult than okay. what we're used to. We basically used to be able to walk into this this uh, state of the art facility whenever we please. Yeah. Uh, but now, never going to last. There are an extraordinary amount of people in this building, much more than there used to be. Uh, yes. So I have to duck and dive, try and get in here when I can, uh, and hope that nobody's looking. So we better get on with it. Okay. <laughs> there you go. If you're a radio anorak, you'll know entirely what he's talking about there. Yeah. Um, right. Let's um, first of all, we'll play an interview, shall we? That I've done because you've had uh, issues getting in the cupboard. Mm. Um, I'll play an interview I've done with Paul Kendrick, who's the chief football writer at the Wigan Evening Post and the Wigan Observer. We've had him on the show many times before. Follows Wigan through and through, and they're having a pretty good run. Yeah, quite often been on when in times of trouble. He has. Yeah. Um, I thought you were about to burst into a little bit of let it be there. Um, <laughs> find yourselves in time to trouble. Uh, Wigan Athletic don't know at the minute because they are flying high. I think it's 18 games in all competitions. Uh, they're unbeaten. Or it might even be 18 league games are unbeaten. They're just a point behind 
Burton Albion now because Burton Albion have only taken one point from their last two games. It was a nil-nil draw against uh, Burton Albion. Uh, sorry, nil-nil draw against Oldham Athletic last Saturday, and then a two-nil defeat away at Millwall on Monday. So they're only one point behind going into the final seven games of the season. So can Wigan clinch an immediate return to the championship? Can they win the title? I started by asking Paul if he now thinks the Latics will go on and clinch an immediate return to the second tier. Well, absolutely. I mean, seven games to go. Um, they are unquestioned with the form team in the division. Like you say, 18 games unbeaten. You know, you contrast that with the other teams at the top. Um, you know, Burton, the only team above them, won three, drawn three, lost three of the last nine. You know, while, while they seem to be, you know, from the outside at least, you know, flagging, you know, desperately waiting for the line to come. Wigan are absolutely coming on strong. You know, wouldn't complain if we had another 10 or 20 games because I think if that were the case, they'd stroll to promotion the form. And it's, uh, it really is going well at the moment. Now, at the start of the season, Wigan obviously relegated last year might have been among you know the favourites with the squad they had to go up, but obviously not the easiest first few months. What do you think has has happened, or what what sort of flick to enable them to go on this run? I think it was inevitable, to be honest, the, the the slow start that they had. I mean, they had such a, you know, a ridiculous turnover of staff. It, it was literally a brand new playing squad. You know, you had a a rookie manager, a rookie chairman. Um, you know, both learning the ropes kind of as they go along. Really, you know, the the slow start. You know, anyone expecting them to hit the ground running with with a brand new squad was was kind of kidding themselves. Really, you know, and if you take away the first month of the season, they, they've only lost two in the league since mid September. So that kind of shows the consistency once they have found the feet and got into the rhythm um, you know you look at the playing squad the quality of it is well I don't think there's anyone to touch them in League One and recent results have shown that so I think it's not really a case of you know anything more you know mind shattering than than the fact that consistency and and bedding in has has been a natural progression and, and the way they're playing now is kind of you know where they should be you know they should be winning most games in this league because of the quality the playing squad now one man who's had a, a starring role in recent weeks is Will Grigg he scored twice against Swindon which a lot of people might have seen on the telly um, over the weekend um, I think he's clinched promotion with Brentford and MK Dons from this division in the last two seasons came in in the summer what have you made of him so far this season yeah excellent I mean like you say he did have the, the pedigree you know helping his previous two clubs win promotion in the last two years uh, the chairman David Sharp promised the fans last summer I will bring in a, a 20 goal a season striker you know he's criticised in some quarters for, for the brashness of his comment but he, he's been as good as his word he's he's put his money down you know other clubs were balking at the uh, you know rumoured sort of £1 million price tag but David Sharp put his money where his mouth is and Will Grigg has, has been fantastic particularly in recent weeks um, again like the rest of the squad you know took time to settle in one or two injuries, international call-ups didn't help, but you've seen, you know, what what a, a fully integrated Will Grigg can do in this division, and he's got 20 goals now with seven games to go. I wouldn't back him against scoring maybe four or five more in the promotion running because he's absolutely running hot at the moment. And if he does that, obviously give himself a, a good chance of going to France this summer. Well, absolutely. I mean, he, he's been sort of there or thereabouts in the squad for, for the last sort of couple of years, but um, interestingly, he was stood down from international duty over the weekend. Um, few eyebrows were raised about that. We were expecting him to be away with Northern Ireland. 
thankfully there was a gentleman's agreement with Gary Colwell and uh, Michael O'Neill who of course used to play for Wigan to allow Will Grigg to stay with Wigan rather than sit on the bench and play the odd few minutes at the end um, you know with the form he's in he wants to be playing as many games as possible and obviously it worked in Wigan's favour with him scoring two cracking goals at Swindon and uh, I think ultimately that will help Northern Ireland because obviously they want him they want their players any players but particularly Will Grigg you know in, in as good a form as they can possibly be and he just wants to be playing football at the moment because every time he takes to the field he looks like he's capable of scoring Now um, apart from the uh, ironically against one of the, the worst teams in the division the three all away at Colchester recently defensively Wigan have been excellent I think they've only let him five goals since January um, tell us a little bit about the defence and uh, in particular the goalkeeper well absolutely <laughs> I mean you, you can almost trace the um, you know the recovery if you like um, to Yussi Askelainen coming in goal um, he was kind of signed last summer as uh, you know not one of the most more heralded signings he was kind of expected to you know be experienced back up to Richard O'Donnell really you know challenge him but not really sort of you know nail down a first team spot right from the start but as soon as he's come in he's it's like a, somebody's flicked a switch and the, and the back four the back five whichever Gary Colwell has played suddenly seems more you know far more assured with him at the back he's got the uh, the relationship with the centre-backs going and his clean sheet record I mean he's, he's averaging a clean sheet virtually every other game and it's been fantastic obviously he's, he's 40 years old now he's got, not going to last forever but you know in terms of quality at the moment you know the, there's there's no goalkeeper to touch him that I've seen in, in League One and, and his record will prove that and some of the uh, sort of recruitment um, in outfield positions as well in recent months Sam Morsey came in in midfield he's obviously been an important acquisition you know shows that Gary Caldwell sort of has got his, uh, his head screwed on the transfer market as well absolutely I mean you know it, it probably sent out so much of a statement in January when Wigan were able to do that you know they already had a, a winning team a squad that was flying up the t- uh, up the table and then all of a sudden they can they can sort of you know raid Chesterfield for the captain the best player and, and Sam Morsey's come into the team and he's taking it to, a, to like a duck to water he, he's literally come in from day one boss the midfield I mean he, he's playing alongside two really consistent players in David Perkins and uh, Max Power but the three of them at the moment the way they've settled together has been absolutely phenomenal and it's it's been no coincidence that they've they've been unbeaten since Sam Morsey's come into the team and to be honest they don't really look like losing OK well this is the run in then Shrewsbury away on Saturday then Coventry at home Doncaster away Burton away more on that in a second Wigan against Southend sorry at home uh, Blackpool away and then Barnsley at home on the final day that game at uh, the Pirelli on uh, April the 19th could well be a shootout for the title perhaps well it looks to be I mean the, the, the way the league table looks at the moment I mean for, for many weeks now it's kind of been looking at that game as you know Wigan have to win that game if they've got any chance of, of taking over the um, the league leadership but kind of with the results over Easter um, and the fact there's a, you know two or three tricky games in the meantime I wouldn't back against Wigan actually going into that game you know actually top of the table and then it becomes a different ball game it's kind of almost Burton have to then beat Wigan to to, to get back above them and also if, if Walsall are winning games you know that becomes a factor and you know from almost a must win from Wigan it might become a must not lose so it's it's going to be fantastic a lot's going to be you know riding on it um, no matter the results in the meantime but it, it really is shaping to be you know the, the championship decided that and, and I for one can't wait um, Tell me a little bit about the chairman because a lot of people obviously be, be very familiar with the story of Wigan Athletic and Dave Whelan and the FA Cup victory over City three years ago amazing that it was only three years ago. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, but yeah, his, um, his grandson, is it? David Sharp? Certainly a re- relative grandson has, has taken over as chairman. He made some quite bold comments at the start of the season. Um, how's he taken to the job, do you think? Yeah, phenomenally well, to be honest. I mean, j- just a word on those comments. I mean, I was actually at the fans forum where, where these kind of comments originated. And I might think- remind everyone what he said. Yeah, they were sl- I feel they were slightly taken out of context. He actually, you know, obviously he's, he's trying to sell season tickets and, and turn morale around from a, you know, a really poor season last season. What he actually said was, I don't just want to win this league. I want to smash it. I want to get 100 points. And, you know, to be honest, in, in pre-season, that's kind of most people's aim, I would have thought, to do as well as possible. A lot of opposition fans and clubs kind of took it a bit that he said, we are going to do that. We will do this. It's, you know, it's a young, arrogant chairman who doesn't know what's going on. But it, it was kind of said more out of ambition and, and optimism rather than kind of, you know, arrogance or anything. And it's kind of, it's, it's come back to bite him a bit recently because obviously when Wigan, they're just unable to get that 100 points, even though, you know, 90 odd points would still be a phenomenal <laughs> achievement. Bad. So, yeah. So it's kind of people are saying, oh, you know, we told you you wouldn't get that. But it's kind of, it was more an aim rather than an actual boast. And it kind of just shows, you know, the, the, the confidence and the optimism at the start of the season, really. I mean, from, from last season, the, the contrast, you know it was doom and gloom it, it literally what you know it couldn't have got any worse whatever could have gone wrong did go wrong last year so to kind of turn it around in the 12 months that, that David Sharp's been in charge and Gary Cole as manager it's been absolutely phenomenal and to be honest they look like a championship team in League One now whereas kind of last season for a lot of it they probably look like a League One team in the championship so there's kind of no you know finer you know underlining of, of Sharp and Colwell than that they've, they've completely completely turned around the ship and uh, it, it really is you know flying and, and, and really aiming for, for the championship at the moment I wanted to ask you about Gary Caldwell because sometimes there can be a bit of a kind of shrug of the shoulders when a player gets appointed as manager from within a club especially a club like Wigan who had suffered a double relegation in uh, two or three seasons um, how do you think he's taken to the role and does he sort of give that level of authority now that you know he is the boss and any of the players that might have been I know there's been a lot of change in the squad but any of the players that he might have played with now he's in charge of them yeah I mean it's kind of it's something that's been on the cards for sort of two or three years really he was kind of he's one of these players that was always kind of you know involved in the leadership the captaincy you know wherever he's been and when he came sort of five or six years ago he was kind of you think he's the kind of guy who will go onto the coaching staff and maybe one day you know take over as manager of the team probably a lot of people may not have thought that 32, 33 years of old, it would have happened quite so soon, but I think that was kind of circumstances dictated it. Leo last season was such a car crash that we just needed a, a complete, you know, new look at uh, the situation and and kind of Gary, you know, was given the job, you know, kind of, you know, sink or swim kind of thing. And I think it helped him, to be honest, the way he came in, whereas, it, you know, it literally couldn't have gone any worse. We were virtually relegated when he came in. So, you know, he wasn't tarnished with any of that kind of negativity of relegation. He was kind of, you know, one of the faces of the, the kind of new era. You know, he was given a blank canvas you know, a, a complete new playing squad. So it's not like he's been, you know, hamstrung by other people's signings and stuff. It is, you know, literally every single player currently at the squad. I think there's one or two that aren't, but, you know, virtually the whole squad is uh, his players. So, he, you know, a lot of managers don't get that kind of, you know, advantage right from the start. But, um, you know, like I say, he, he's not been hamstrung by that negativity of, of relegation of, of players that are there. They've been there for years and they're kind of, you know, just 
seeing out the contracts and virtually you know all the contracts were were ended or they were moved on at the end of last season so it's kind of his squad now I think he's benefited from that and uh, you know you, you look at the league table now and I don't think even he could probably have, have foreseen it going quite so well it's it's been a, a fairy tale first season in charge and uh, just final question Paul obviously I know about this because I sort of live and work in the area but there was quite a significant uh, day on uh, Monday at the DW Stadium uh, first time it's ever happened um, tell us about that yeah that's right The uh, both clubs playing at home at the, at the same day uh, it doesn't normally happen because kind of both teams get their sort of fixture list into the relevant governing body and they kind of usually you know work out that one of the teams is away or one of the teams is at home on on most weekends and certainly the bank holiday it didn't happen this time for whatever reason um, and it was decided to play both games on the same day Wigan 1.30 kickoff, Wigan Warriors 8 o'clock kickoff, and uh, I think it was a phenomenal job done by all the sort of stadium staff, the stewarding, the hospitalities, the, the pitch markers, the guys who change all the goalposts and stuff, and, and the kind of tunnel pictures that I saw them, you know, in between press conferences and stuff between the games, and it was just absolutely all hands to the pump. But uh, you well, know, at it, one point uh, they had one football goal at one end <laughs> and one rugby um, goal at the other end. That's right. There wasn't too much time for for any thinking about it or something. It was literally one down, one up. So and they both won, I think, in the end. Yeah, I was just going to say it was the perfect Easter because both teams won on Good Friday and both teams also won on Easter Monday. So you know when it's going for you, it really goes here, and it's uh, certainly going for Wigan as a town at the moment. Good stuff. Good to talk to you, Paul. Thanks for coming on. No problem. You're listening to We Are Going Up. We've got the football league covered. So that was Paul Kendrick, football correspondent for the Wigan Evening Post and the Wigan Observer, talking to me a little bit earlier about whether Gary Caldwell's side can make an immediate return to the Championship. And David Cameron Walker still in position in the broom cupboard. It is to the Championship where we go next. No action over the uh, the international break, but it's been a couple of weeks since we've done a podcast. Burnley, four points clear at the top, so they're still in pole position with eight games to go. But Brighton back into second. Yeah, refusing to go away. They've they've hung on in there, even when they've had the the odd wobble here and there, and the odd you know they've had quite a few draws here and there. They're still there, and they're still winning games by the odd goal, which is what they've very much specialised in doing this season. Uh, two wins in the last two games: two one against MK Dons away from home, one nil uh, against Reading in the midweek before that. So they're still there, and they've taken advantage a little bit, haven't they? Of the, the stuttering form, particularly of a, of a team like Hull City, who've fallen back a little bit now. And rumours about Steve Bruce being linked with the Aston Villa job as well. Hmm. Um, I don't I don't know if be appointing anyone before the end of the season I doubt it um, I wouldn't I wouldn't think he'd go there yeah not especially not now I mean Aston Villa I mean they are they're a huge club compared to compared to Hull but I mean, and, and and indeed Steve Bruce isn't adverse to, to leaving no, the that's club sort of out of nowhere but I think he you know despite the fact that they've they've had a few poor results in recent weeks they're still well in with a chance of promotion this season he could be swapping places with Aston Villa who are you know, dead on certainties for relegation so the temptation of, the, of an Aston Villa coming to you and saying you know come and revive us would certainly be something you'd think about but I mean for, for one I don't think they'd go to him as first choice either I think there'll be other names higher up that list but I'd be surprised if, if that happened I think Steve Bruce will see this one out but if they don't go up though 
It'll be interesting to see whether he sticks it out for another season in the Championship or whether whether he maybe leaves and, and you know looks for a new opportunity somewhere else. Mm. Uh, Harry Redknapp's um, director of football, not director of football, he's sort of advising. Football advisor. Football yeah. advisor. Also Derby. the manager of Jordan. Yeah, in between yeah. A, tr- a quick trip to Sydney to lose 5-1 against Australia or whatever yeah. it was the other day. Uh, Derby in the playoff spots at the minute. I mean, five points, judging by last season, not completely secure by any means, but they're in there. Middlesbrough hold Derby and well, Middlesbrough, Sheffield Wednesday. Middlesbrough are the interesting team, really, in, in, the, in the midst of this. Burnley are out there, what, four points clear. I think they're going to be okay, as we discussed last time out. But the um, the whole saga with Karanka, have you ever seen anything like it? Looked like he was gone. You know, he had a bust up with the players, stormed out, didn't turn up for the game at Charlton, uh, and which they lost, uh, which was a terrible result for them. But came back and everything was forgiven. He's I don't know, I don't know. They obviously somehow, some way, they came to an agreement that he would continue as manager. Uh, and there he was on the touchline for that game on the Friday night against Hull. And Nugent oh, gets, gets a last-minute oh, header. Delicious header. And oh, the scenes at the Riverside, it was it was great pandemonium. All the players were hugging the man, hugging each other in the corner. The management and all the subs off, off the bench hugging each other. Karanka was going nuts. You can see how much it meant to him. Uh, and I, I don't know if we've completely got to the bottom of exactly what happened in that whole situation, or, if, or whether we ever, or, or if we ever will. But it was bizarre. But you know, from from seemingly thinking, well, that's probably it. They probably chucked away their chance of promotion they're going to implode they're only one point off automatic promotion now with a game in hand on on Brighton you'd have to say they're right back in it this could this could seemingly out of nowhere perversely could galvanise them perhaps yeah we're just looking at the playoffs and there'll be loads of fans of teams in there saying you're not mentioned us Sheffield Wednesday yeah Sheffield I mean, Wednesday they've been six. really happy and surprised just it's, it's the, the, the playoff picture really I mean I hope I mean and I'm 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 certainly going to get a lot of stick for this, but I, I would like to think the Sheffield Wednesday will be will be the team that finish in that sort of final playoff spot. If if there is indeed one up for grabs, I mean, it's, the packs close a little bit, but it's still for most of the season it's pretty much been sort of five teams and then one spot up for grabs, hasn't it? Um, and Sheffield Wednesday, to my mind, from what I've seen, have been the most entertaining of all the teams in that pack: Cardiff, Ipswich, Birmingham, Preston. Not a lot to get you excited there, I don't think. I, and I don't think I'm do, doing them any disservice when I say that they're not fantastic teams. They're they're good, they're solid, and they've they've certainly performed admirably at times this That's season. Well, no, but I mean, I don't think anyone would say that they are. Look, you know, that they're they're solidly unspectacular. And certainly, Ipswich fans I've spoken to would admit that. I think Preston have have overperformed their expectations to be. You know, they're they're a bit far behind now, but you know, to be tenth at this stage of the season, uh, I don't think anyone expected that. Cardiff, I mean, they're not spectacular at all. I mean, and they they kind of kind of go on runs here and there. Oh, oh, before we leave Cardiff, yeah. a story that we got to tell about Cheltenham. Yeah, we'll do that, and we'll do that in a second. Oh, yeah. Okay. But um, but yeah, I, you know, I don't think that I don't think that any of those teams are that impressive, with the expect with the exception of Sheffield Wednesday. They're quite an, they're you know exciting team. I think they've surprised a lot of people this season. I mean, maybe I'm being biased because of Forrest Dieri, but I think he's one of the most exciting players in the championship this season. Uh, and, you know, for me, they're the most exciting team out of all that. And look at the amount of goals they've scored. Their goal difference is vastly superior to any of the teams around them, which I think tells you something about the way they play and the football they play under uh, Carlos Carvajal. Um, so I hope they do it. 
Can we tell a story now? We can tell a story about Cardiff. Yeah, I'm yeah. just trying to find the name of the MK Dons player who got um, in trouble for Cheltenham. Samir Carruthers, that was it, wasn't it? Yeah, he was M- yeah, MK Dons. MK yeah, Dons yeah. player who got fined two weeks wages after urinating in a beer glass at the Cheltenham Festival. Now, you went to Cheltenham for a week. I'm sure you did. didn't get up to any of those antics no, yourself. Definitely. I was working, Mark. Of course. Um, can I read out the messages you sent me on WhatsApp? <laughs> Is that all right? Um, uh, which not, ones? Well, okay. <laughs> okay, go for it. These yeah, three. Yeah. There's only three. I'm sure they're broadcastable. Um, the entire Cardiff City squad were in the box next door to us at Cheltenham today Russell Slade is staggering about in front of me he has literally lost the dressing room <laughs> which I did enjoy did you chat to any of the players uh, I'm afraid I didn't oh, that's a shame they were, they were more more interested in the in the racing and having a good time um, okay. so well, basically yeah so I, I was in a box with talk well, you were in a box at Wembley for the football the other night I as well I wasn't in the box at Wembley yeah, no. or whatever okay. um, you had free food though didn't I you was, I had a bit of free yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you've changed Go anyway yeah I know um but yeah, anyway, so I was working with TalkSport. We were very kindly uh, put up by Paddy Power for the week. And um, uh, next in the box next to us, we heard a bit of commotion at one stage. And, and we heard like a load of like lads chanting um, Russell, some sort of Russell Slater. I can't remember what, what the song was now, but it was, it, was, it, was, it was, you know, a chant in support of Russell Slater. Okay. Oh, it must be Cardiff fans in the next box. And then sort of put my head around the corner towards the end of the day. And then, but there they all were. The entire Cardiff <laughs> City first team squad, pretty much. I recognise some team of the Team Unity. Faces. You know, a lot of them... Fueled by alcohol. It was a, well, they, and they weren't too bad. They were by no means were they in the, you know, displaying the MK Don's levels of, of revelry. They okay. seemed to be keeping it together. They had a few For legal drinks. reasons, we need to say they, that. They'd had a few drinks, but they, they were behaving themselves. Good. Um, and, you know, all of them, it was very interesting just to, to look at them. One, you've got Russell Slade, obviously, in the middle of it all, uh, who looks nothing like obviously like any of his players um but then you've got like a lot of uh sort of british big strapping british lads all in their really tightly fitted suits with their <laughs> tattoos coming out over the top of the necks of their shirts and up the um, out the bottom of their sleeves um you know the, the trendy haircuts and everything and then in the middle of all of them you've got uh fabio who just you know the ex-Manchester United fullback, right? Who just looked like he didn't really know what was going on. He looked, he looked very, uh, very well dressed as well, but a um, very stylish young man. But he, he did look a bit confused, I have to say. He wasn't quite used to a day out of the races at Cheltenham with all the lads. I don't think. I can imagine. But I enjoyed it. And anyway, yeah, as 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 I told you uh, on the messages, yeah, we walked out sort of behind them. And it was time to time to leave the course, and they all did kind of scarper quite quickly because a lot of people leaving at the same time kind of like when you're leaving a football match and um, yeah Russell Slade sort of just paused for a little bit just to kind of look at his phone maybe answer a few messages or whatever maybe check his winnings perhaps and uh, but the next thing he knew he looked up and they, then they were gone <laughs> that was it and he, he just looked like oh, I'm not going to try and find it. I'll leave him to it just sort of wandered off Tales. Not, not not quite in a straight line Tales from the Cheltenham Festival yeah um, I, also, I also saw I'm not going to divulge the identities of this of this club um but I'll, I'll leave it to your imagination. See if you can guess who it might be. Um, about four or five players of a championship team towards the top end, certainly in 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 the upper echelons of the division, shall we say, who were in the box with us. And and as soon as they clocked the fact that there was a broadcast going on, they, one of them came over and had a word with uh, another player who's in the box who he obviously knew and said, "Can you tell those lads?" Don't mention that we're here on air. <laughs> we're not supposed to be here, and the gaffer doesn't know. Amazing. 
Right, well, I'll chat to you about that when we finish yeah. recording. Um, I will say it doesn't seem to be having any effects on the league performance, though. Okay. So you're okay. Oh, God, nice and cryptic. <laughs> you're a pro. Um, Warnock, Houdini Act. Oh, no. Rotherham, Fantastic. out of the relegation zone. Going to stay up. It uh, looks like they are. 39 which points. Is amazing, really. And it's, and it's really put the likes of Fulham... Uh, in big trouble MK Dons as well yeah, MK Dons I mean I suppose MK Dons are always expected I'd imagine mm. to be down there but um, Charlton Bolton look like they're gone but uh, yeah Fulham really look like they're in trouble real struggling Bristol City as well looking over their shoulders again or they did get that big win against Fulham a few weeks mm. ago which was a massive game for them but yeah Rotherham have, have really put the cat amongst the pigeons there and it, it looks like Warnock Going to have a heroic, uh, great escape. Will he stay? I don't. Know. I imagine he's just on deal to the end of the season, isn't he? I don't know. Open top stay. bus tour. Warnock. Yeah. End of the season. Um, yeah. Forest have got rid of Friedman. That's the other development, really. Mm. We should mention before we Another move on to League One. Another big club in a permanent malaise, yeah. really, aren't and they? It must be for Forest and Derby in particular at the minute. With Leicester doing what they're doing, mm. it must really rub it in the sort yeah. of mess that those clubs are in. Um, and I'm sure more in Leicester to come on this podcast as we get nearer Paul the end of the season. Nottingham Forest. Oh, really? Now, the end of the season. Yeah. Interesting. It's interesting when you see all the uh, all these kind of old 90s footballers <laughs> now you, you've never heard of again you know yeah. since and then they just you, probably got some swapsies of him in one of my yeah, <laughs> they're all at, you know, they're all at various coaching positions in clubs and if the clubs eventually start sacking enough managers here they, they pop up and here, here Paul Williams is the latest one off the production line but I don't think he'll be there you know in charge I don't think he'll be the main man that they'll keep on for, for, a, for a long-term appointment but um, it's another club with with without a sense of direction really a sense mm. of frustration from the fans not not nearly as bad as a club like Leeds they're not not as chaotic, but not you know not too far behind. I don't think in terms of the the frustration with the owner. I think the owner certainly cares more for the club than Chilino does for Leeds. Okay, I think goes without saying. But I, I do think there's a lot of frustration. I've been reading a few things on uh, from old Seat Pitch, who's been on with us a few times. Topo, who long-term listeners will remember, our resident Forest fan. I've been Topo's chatting to top him. Topo's top tens. Yeah, and it's you know it's just you know just dissatisfaction and just a bit of you know sadness really at Forest because you know they're, they're nowhere once again okay I could have done with some sort of uh, violin there or <laughs> I can't find one at such short notice anyway uh, League One we talked about the top obviously with Paul um, about Wigan uh, the JPT finalists this weekend mm. Barnsley are at Wembley and they're going to be facing Oxford United Oxford United thanks for reminding me that's on the telly this weekend um, Barnsley are in seventh at the minute so they are just outside speaking of East Midlands clubs spots. not having a good time of it Cov Yes. They've sunk like Free a stone. Yeah. Free fall. They're below Rochdale now. Rochdale, who uh, are the same player sent off for two games running the last two matches, Ian Henderson, have been banned for four games. That's pretty much going to take them up to, well, only be three left at that point. Uh, Sheffield United, another season of struggle for them. They're banging mid-table under Nigel Atkins in 12th. They're never going to get out of the league one. Ever. No. Uh, Bury in but they 16th. will continue to be the bookies' favourite every season from yeah. now to the end of time. But it's, they will never it's get in, out. It's, it's written. You have to do that. Um, I went to Blackpool on Friday. You rang me. I was at Bloomfield Road. Oh, that's where you on were on the beach. I wonder what the racket was. Yeah, uh, you were on the beach. I well, know the pitch was like a beach. Oh. Uh, I think someone, the Bury fans, were singing, "If we score, we're going on the beach" or something like yeah. that. Um, it was just dreadful. There's literally no more to say about that game. Awful. Uh, down the bottom, Crew, Colchester. Colchester have had a few wins. Yeah, they're, they're still miles off they're the pace. They're still miles though. off, but two with two wins in the last two games. Oldham are definitely going to stay up, I'll tell you that, because they've just won so many games since John Sheridan's come in. They're going to be absolutely fine. They're just being kept out of the, uh, or in the relegation zone on goal difference at the minute. Uh, Doncaster, I know um, Darren Ferguson was not happy at all Furious. with their yeah. performance last week over Easter. They're in the relegation zone. Fleetwood and Blackpool just outside. 
League Two. Is it time to pop the champagne corks at Sixfields yet? Can't be far off. Uh, Northampton, seven games to go. They are 16 points clear of the team in fourth place, who are Accrington, Oxford and Plymouth in the top three. Uh, Aki, yeah. Bristol Rovers, Pompey and Wickham in well, the Aki playoff and, spot. Aki and Bristol Rovers have had good runs of form recently. and they've really, As at one stage, it did look like those three would be clear. Yes. And it would be a fight for the playoffs between the rest. But older Oxford and, and Plymouth, by no means home and dry yet. And you know, there's a chance that Accrington... I mean, what a brilliant job. I think we've, we we do sometimes forget what a brilliant job John Coleman's done, mm. you know, second time round at that club. And he's still outperforming the budget they've got and the, the crowd base that they've got is still one of the smallest around and there they are punching above their weight continuously and they could you know they could get up it'd be tremendous and Bristol Rovers first season back in the league not easy at all to, to be up where they are mm. and Pompey uh, 63 points well I Pompey mean, will be looking at it and thinking they're we've in the Sheffield United category aren't yeah, they yeah absolutely uh, everyone's favourites to go up every season not quite materialising they are in the playoff spots down the bottom oh Dagenham 10 points from safety running out of games 8 games to go uh, York 7 points from safety Stevenage and Yeovil and Morecambe just above the relegation zone and of course more, lim- a great t- I'm, more limbo at Notts County as well do the, I'm going to commit the cardinal sin of, of trying to remember a tweet and probably misquoting it but, please do but I'm, I'm sure I saw a Dagenham fan tweet a few weeks ago that like it was probably about three four years ago they were in the same division as Leicester right now next season Leicester could be playing Barcelona and they'll be playing Barrow oh again we need the violins for Dagenham <laughs> um, right that's that's kind of it for this uh, mini episode of We Are Going Up I hope you've enjoyed it we sort of ca- caught up as best we could for the time it's, being it's, well something we must mention oh please do I'm sure you'll be aware of this Jeff Jeff Stelling yeah well yeah. what a man what a hero we were hoping to get him on that was the plan because he's done this big walk hasn't yeah. he for Prostate Cancer UK he finished it today he, as we I was going to say is it completed now he completed it this afternoon on a Wednesday afternoon I saw um, Matt Letizia was down there today day 10 uh, and he's had he's had all manner of people with him over the last 10 days mascots quite a lot of mascots <laughs> have been doing the march yes. with him and, you know 10 marathons in 10 days it's uh, uh, getting on for Eddie, Eddie Izzard-esque isn't it it's not, mar- it's not marathon is it it's a, he's walking isn't he yeah, we're walking a marathon yeah, yeah, still. every day. Yeah. Oh, well, you like to see you try. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. Yeah. I knew um, that was coming. And he's raised loads of money for Prostate Cancer UK, a charity we've got behind plenty of times in the past and will continue to do so. Uh, I think it's men. It's uh, menunitedmarch.org. Excellent. If you want to go and, and donate. Yeah, well, the plan was to try and get him on, but unfortunately it didn't materialise in terms it doesn't matter. Jeff's um, got more important people to talk to than us, mate. He's got he more has. important things to worry about. Yes, I mean, that is the most sensible thing you've said all day, definitely. Um, that's it for We Are Going Up, this uh, uh, mini episode this week. Now, we're going to be into April the next time we speak to you, which means the season will not up, have it, long to Hotting go. Up. Uh, so um, we will talk to you more then. Obviously, we'll talk to you, DC, more before you go to Wembley. We'll make it, we need to make a concerted, concerted effort Mark to to just get things a little bit more regular I think as the business season as a business end of the season approaches yes we, we should adopt try. that mentality to ourselves we shall try it's uh yeah it's not been easy this season different cities different sort of uh, times people working access to studios and all that but we're, we're, we're getting there we're muddling along that's what I like to say and then we'll come alive for the final straight yeah yeah, we will. Okay. <laughs> Don't say entirely convinced, but thank you for I'm that. I'm going to Wembley soon. You are going to Wembley. I mean, I was nowhere there last night. Yeah, you were. For, for England. No, I'll fed you down, I'll fed you down. 
No, um, sorry, go on. I'm going to Wembley. Yes. I'm F- within the FA Cup I, semi-final. I enjoyed your, um, your tweets last night, your competition, by the way. Yeah. You had to win the side team sheet mm-hmm. in a... a Just the five entries, it's fine. Style. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's it. If you want to tweet us at Wagyu Podcast, website, we are going up.co.uk, all the archives on there. iTunes, well, one please more sign thing. up. Just Mixed Cloud, SoundCloud, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Just reminding me of something. Yeah. Guess what I did? So in Audiobook, on, audible.co.uk slash going up. Go on. On Saturday, yeah. after I'd finished the, the uh, 27 stop pub crawl, yeah. the circle line, half pints each. So there was a minimum of 13 pints there. Mm. Um, not, not recommended by the NHS, no, but go on. Very much, no, drinkaware.co.uk. Um, I, I finished, it was, we started about nine in the morning and I finished about 11 <laughs> at night. Uh, so a couple, I did, there was three of us who did it. There were two friends, they went off back to where they live, West London, and I, I had some I live in East London, so I also had uh, some friends who were out. So I thought, well, I mean, I've, I'm, I mean, I've gone this far. I might as well stay out for a few more hours. As you do, go and meet them. Yeah, but my phone was dead, um, and we finished it in King's Cross. The pressures of social media during a pub crawl these yeah, days. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, Got a lot, live tweet, lot, of pot- lot of photos, Instagram tweets, yeah. etc., Facebooks. Um, so I thought, well, I had my charger with me. I thought I'll find somewhere I can charge. And there was a hotel, one of the hotels on the Euston Road. And I just walked in and went up to the desk and said, oh, I've got my charger. He said, no problem, sir. Didn't even need my charger. Took my phone, said, I'll, I'll have it back for you, for you in half an hour or whenever it's got enough battery. So there I was just sitting in the lobby of this hotel, not wondering, wondering what to do. I got a drink from the bar and then I'm looking around and then I spotted a, a terminals, like six terminals of uh, computers that you could just go on like with the internet and do a bit of browsing. While you've, while internet you've, cafe, what, if you will. Yeah, very much your internet cafe setup. Um, so what did I decide to do? Uh, don't know. Change them all to wearegoingup.co.uk, <laughs> of course. Yes. Yes. I wonder why our uh, results have gone up from zero <laughs> to six in the last week. I'm always thinking. You used to I'm do always like on. Apple store as well. Brilliant. <laughs> right, that's it. On that note, it's a good note to leave it. We will speak to you next time on We Are Going Up. This is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the Football League covered. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.